You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. All right, well, baseball is not boring in large part, as we said, over and over and over and over and over and over again for the last, whatever, few weeks, month, whatever it is, in large part because the offseason is as good, it's almost as good as a season in a different way. And we're very fortunate, once again, to have a free agent correspondent for Baseball Isn't Boring, Ed Han. Ed, what's going on? Uh, hey, Rob, I'm uh, doing good, doing good. Had a good Thanksgiving. Hope yours was uh, also equally good. I ate a lot of carbs. Yes, it was. Uh, it it was yes. you know to morph into the the free agent stuff. And you're always on Twitter. You're always doing stuff, and I think that's one of the great things. And, and you're coming from all different angles. But you know, it's it used to be where Thanksgiving week you knew it was shut down. It was a shutdown. It was basically like the front offices were shut down. We knew that Thanksgiving week was going to be shut down, and everything was going to be done by Christmas. Not, not, not anymore. I mean, what happened? We had some stuff happen, didn't we? A little bit, a little, little bit. bit of moves. I think the biggest one, uh, you know, like uh, we were talking before uh, we started here with uh, Mike uh, Clevenger, maybe siding with the White Sox. Yeah, but Santana going back to last week. Santana signed. Uh, yeah, Santana signed Jolie Rodriguez to the yeah, Red Sox. Oh, I mean, who can forget? Yeah, who cares yeah. about that one? But, yeah. but no, but it's it's. But there are there's still moves, and that's why we still have to go to Twitter, and that's why we're still on Twitter. But what I'm saying is that I want I want to basically go away and bathe myself in turkey, 
but uh, I can't do that. Um, is the, the world has not allowed me to do that. Thank you, baseball. Well, but, I mean, hygienically speaking, maybe not the best well, idea. Also, uh, spoiler alert on tomorrow's baseballs and boring podcast. We talk a lot about Brett Phillips' love for ranch dressing, which kind of grossed me out. Um, and uh, and he actually has a deal with ranch dressing, and and he says he puts ranch dressing on pizza. Before we begin, what's your thoughts on that? Um, not my bag. Yep, thanks. I've seen it before. Oh, you I, have? I've never. Yeah, I have it seen it before. Not really. For me. I've seen a fountain of ranch dressing, also though. So oh. you know, yeah, people that people that are into ranch dressing are really into He's their ranch. Super, so he dressed up as ranch dressing for Halloween, <laughs> and his wife dressed up as a pizza pizza. I said, you know, well, why? I mean, what I dressed up as like a celery stick or a buffalo wing? It's like, no, you put ranch dressing on pizza, but but it's all. Isn't that the ultimate teaser for tomorrow's baseball isn't boring? Yes, it is, of course. Uh, but we're in the here and the now. And we had a great conversation last week about we were picking through some what the some co- comings and goings and happenings and everything else. And we sort of, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. We sort of stumbled upon, I thought, a pretty good one, which was the Verlander versus DeGrom, which, by the way, the Athletic just uh, did their own version of it a couple of days ago. A day late, dollar short athletic. Come on, let's go. It's old. We've already started the conversation. But Verlander versus DeGrom, I thought that was a good one. And you picked Verlander, correct? Verlander? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Verlander. Verlander over DeGrom. It's a tight one, but. Well, go back. Yeah, but but that's what makes it good. I mean, it's two guys in their mid to older, th- upper 30s and looking for whatever three year contracts at huge AAVs. And so, anyway, go listen to it. But it, it it reminded us how great it is not only to follow stuff but to compare and to have that sort of argument and debate about who is better, what team should go after this guy. And we have it with all these teams. And this year, I think nobody's going to argue that shortstop is a position where the biggest debates are coming from. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to start with – the obvious, which is Correa versus Turner versus Bogarts. Now, we, we and where we're going to start with where we're going to start is your rankings, your excellent rankings. And tell me how you have the three guys ranked. So third place and seventh overall is Carlos Correa. Ooh. The second of those shortstops and the sixth overall is Xander Bogarts. Okay. And number two overall and the first of those guys, Trey Turner. Okay. All right. So the immediate question is, holy mackerel, Carlos Correa, number three. Do tell. So here's here's the thing with Correa. First of all, any three of those guys, you're lucky to have them on your team. These are, you know, like this is, what what do you want to order? Steak, chicken, or fish? Like they're all pretty good choices. With Correa, um, his batting average is a bit lower than theirs. The power's a little bit better. The defense is the best of the three. So why would I rank him behind those two? And the answer is... You're not stating your case very well so far. Well, that's where we're getting to. Okay. Injury history. Okay. He's the youngest of the group. He spent more time on the disabled list, or sorry, the injured list um, of anybody of those three. With his size and skill set, 
it's not going to get any better as he gets older. I could see him being the type of player that has to move off of short earlier than anticipated, despite his excellent defense, having to play third or first base diminishes his value a little bit. And that also makes it a little harder to, you know, to stay. If you're, it's the same thing as DeGrom and Verlander. If you are making the kind of money that these guys are making, I want them to be on the field as much as possible. And for a guy as young as Correa, it just seems like he's the best bet of them to start breaking down earlier. Okay. Um, so that's my reason for him being in so third the biggest, place. The biggest thing, the biggest reason, um, I'm paraphrasing, but the biggest reason you're taking Correa as number three is because you think that he's going to have a propensity to break down more than the other guys, right? Which we exactly. have Bogarts, who's very durable. Turner's pretty durable, um, very athletic. So, I mean, you stated, you stated a good case. Um, still, like, I would say this. Let me ask you this. Okay. And this isn't, this isn't like, a good question for the overall discussion, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Next year, of those guys, who has the best year? I mean, I'm not a betting. I, I don't like to bet much. I don't take a lot of risks with it, so I'm just going to go Turner because I think he's the best of the okay, three. Okay, he's of them. the best player, right? Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's all good. I mean, yeah. well, look at look at if Correa of of the three guys of going 2022, Correa was number three, right? Yeah. I mean, it's science. I can give you the numbers. So, uh, but all right. So it's a good starting point. So Correa is number three because of durability or perceived lack of durability going forward and what we think is going to be – what do you think? What do you think he's going to get? How many years? I would think that he opted out of that big deal uh, that he had with like the three – like the high pay three years or whatever it was with Minnesota. I think he's going to be looking for a seven-year minimum. Okay. Possibly more than that. Okay. So you're at hand, the GM. You're, you're going in and you're saying – we have this blank checkbook. We have a, a hole at shortstop. We need a middle-of-the-order guy. We need a star player. You're saying, my list is Carlos Correa. You're going to have to wait till we give offer, offers to Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts. Am I wrong? Am I misrepresenting yeah. anything? Okay. No, I, that would be who I'm going after first is, is Turner. Okay. Unlimited, pay, unlimited money. Yeah, we're going after Turner. All right, so... so We'll go from number three to number one. Why Trey Turner is number one. Now, I will say this, and you have him second overall in your rankings. Um, I will say this. You aren't alone. I feel like, Ed, Ed you tell me if, if how you feel about this. Like, since the offseason started, I think more people have wrapped their arms around the reality that Trey Turner's a really, really good baseball player than maybe even when he was playing during the year. I kind of feel that way. I completely agree with you. Although, honestly, I started working on my ranking list around the middle of July, um, just, you know, to get things moving on it. And I had Turner ahead of Judge up until around the beginning of September. And then it was kind of like, okay, no, Judge is, is, is ridiculous. I can't. And there's no other outfielders that are anywhere near this good. He's, he's taken the number one spot. Um, but Turner has pretty quietly been just an unbelievably impressive player for his whole career. And I think some of it was missed because even though he won a world series with the nationals, I think more people were paying attention to Juan Soto. Um, and with LA, 
you know, more people are paying attention to Freddie Freeman there. Uh, yeah. Max Scherzer, even in that trade when he came over, Max Scherzer was the guy people were right. looking at. Mookie Betts. Yeah. Um, so he's what he sort of his impressiveness. I think gets kind of lost amongst guys that might be a little flashier in the moment, but you know, two-time all-star silver slugger. He was the 2021 batting champion. He has a career average that's over 300, which is like this, this day and age, pretty unheard of. Um, Good fielder, very athletic, steals a ton of bases. Nobody's Um, saying he's going to move off the position like in two years. Like, honestly, like you could, as you point out, more people saying about Bogarts, not I mean, maybe th- two or three years than Correa, but you raise a good point about Correa, about breaking down. And and he's a, listen, he's a big guy too. He's he, big guys can only be big guys at shortstop so long. Nobody's yeah. talking about that with Trey Turner. Yeah. Um, and Turner's already done it also. When he first got to the Dodgers, he was playing second base um, because they had Corey Seager there. So he's he's one of these guys that if somebody comes up that is, you know, um, a really good shortstop, you can conceivably move him to second base and it's not an issue. You can move him to center field and it's not an issue. Um, so just for the from an athleticism perspective, versatility, just his pure hit tool. Yeah, I would I'd say Turner, it's, pre, it's a pretty easy pick for me. What's interesting is that when teams are when we see these teams linked to these players, they are linked to them in different ways and they're prioritizing different things. So if you're looking at the guy, the perceived shock and awe, middle of the order, all-star, you know, perception that he's the one of the best players in, in the majors, it's still Carlos Correa. It still is. When you're looking at the guy who is, is like you said, athletic, is going to make your team more athletic um, is across the board, while giving all the numbers that you cited, that's Trey Turner. It's interesting with Bogarts because I feel like what what worked for Bogarts is really something that that everyone and we say in this day and age they aren't valuing, but it's the solid guy, right? And I'm not even talking about Boston. People in Boston obviously want him back for all those reasons, but Dave Dombrowski. Probably wants to prioritize Xander Bogarts because he wants the solid guy. The the guys in San Diego, they want to prioritize Xander Bogarts or they're interested in Xander Bogarts because he's the solid guy. And by the way, he's a really, really good player. And he can play shortstop probably for the next three or four years. But I feel like of all these things that that these teams are, are prioritizing and selling, saying this is why we want this guy – I feel like as good a player as Bogarts is, I feel like that is his separator. Do you feel that way? I think that it's a part of it, to be certain. I think he's more valuable to Boston than Correa or Turner would be for everything that you just stated and for the fact that continuity can be so useful. I do think, though, that Bogarts just... I I almost think that his ability as a player is underrated by comparison to some of these other guys, because he's put up very good numbers over uh, career slash line 292, 356, 458. Four-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, and he's going up against Coria every year for that Silver Slugger. He's always winning it. Two-time World Champion is the other thing here, and I think that is almost how you objective, like you 
put that you make you make that good guyness mm. to form. He's a winner. Guys believe he can win. He's done it twice well, he's now. It, right? he's um, yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but I I don't think that even if I think Coria has more power than him. I don't think he's a better pure hitter. I think uh, I think Xander is a better is honestly the better, more consistent pure hitter of the two. Uh, I don't know. Carlos Correa rattled off a bunch of stats on Fox, um, whatever that was in the postseason, and that sold it. Like, hey, no one's going to be paying attention to this. Everyone's going to be paying attention to that. And he has a good point. Like he he rattled off. Oh, what's what did he do? Um, I'm drawing a blank of the 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 stats that he was rattling off. But he's like, listen, this is what GMs are going to be looking at. They're not going to be looking at batting average and home runs and RBIs. And clearly, this is one of the things about Boris clients. You know that they're educated by Scott Boris. You know that they're parroting Scott Boris. J.D. Martinez, he he was very, very insightful about the CBA, in large part because he heard Scott Boris be very, very insightful about the CBA. Good for him. But um, with Correa... You know they they want the teams to look into those things because, as you point out, well, look at his batting average. Look at his, uh, you know, all right, you know, home runs fine. He he had a for him what was a down year. They don't want to look at that, even though he had a down a again a down year. It was a good year. He still had a good year, but he was hurt. He didn't put up the numbers he usually had, and he, he did so at what's supposed to be the prime of his career. Um, in a contract year where you're trying to sell yourself, and to the point where, Ed, you know, there the whole idea that maybe, maybe, maybe he actually might not opt out of that 35 million dollars, but yet he does because they know what they're doing, he's going to get his money. So, oh, definitely, he's definitely getting it. I think that part of it was that he wanted to, uh, to have a year removed from that injury risk. Because having two years where you managed to stay healthy for the most part, he missed a little bit of time, but I think it was 136 games total. That's not, People aren't going to worry about that as much as all the games he had been missing prior to 2020. I think people feel like a little bit better about his capacity for that. So that's that's my feeling on why he took that deal with um, the Twins. Yeah. But I think, I mean, yeah, they know what they're doing, and he's going to get his money. I completely agree with you there. The defense of the three is... It's the it's it's the best of the three. I think Bogarts is probably the worst defensively of the three. But how much do teams rate defense compared to offense? Compared to leadership? Well, compared to health? Uh, here's here's the thing. What'll be interesting is you, you're right. But now you have the rule changes. Now you have the shift. Now you're gonna maybe and maybe this is another thing in Trey Turner's favor. You know that you're gonna have to be a little bit more athletic. That does it definitely helps Turner and doesn't help a Bogarts. All that said, what we're hearing. Is is that teams really really like Xander Bogarts? And you have um, Papin coming out and saying six teams, and he's been pretty on on spot with his stuff when it comes to Bogarts. And so I don't I don't doubt that for a second. Now, what level of that we'll see. But you go through the teams, you tell me you what team doesn't fit? Philadelphia, of course, fits. Red Sox, of course, fits. Cubs, of course, fits. What was it? Dodgers? This is the one. Why haven't we been talking about this before? Of course, fits. I don't think the Padres are a fit, honestly. I know that came up recently. I know, but, but you can make the I, You think they're going to move Tatis this quickly? Yes. 
I, really? Yeah, I mean, they've been dancing around. Every time they're asked about it, they dance around it. They danced around moving him to going the outfield. I absolutely believe that it could be the case. But why are you going to move him? Why are you going to do that when you have Kim, who's a, a better fielder than both of them there also? Oh, like you put, if you can get a better offensive player, get slightly downgrade defense, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe like prioritizing the the clubhouse stuff. It's this. I believe that the, the Padres are interested. It all comes back to what level of interest. That's the thing that, not to go off on a tangent, but that's the thing that drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. I it, the Twitter stuff, man. I can tell you off off the podcast. I can tell you. I can tell you what is like. People are getting worked up over, which is like, what are you doing? And what people aren't getting worked up over, or the, every little thing. Like I, let's be honest. Like I threw out. I tweeted something today about um Avaldi and Strom, you know, the one of them was probably gonna sign a deal before the winter meetings, which is accurate. Okay, great. That's super. But is that like huge news? Right. First of all, which one is it gonna be? Because because Avaldi <laughs> would be a lot bigger than Strom. No, no disrespect to Strom. Every signing is big. And and but but all of a sudden everyone's like it it starts this conversation and I like the conversation. It's like anytime Bogart something Bogarts comes up, like the report from Pepin with about the six teams. Now we're doing what are we doing? We're having a conversation about it. So anyway, it's it's crazy, man. It's nuts. I've never seen it like this. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't know, like you've been around the last few years, but it, it's the conversation every little bit, and maybe it's because. It's so early, and we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and everyone's just like, just ready to, to be shot out of a cannon. I don't know. I don't know. It's that anticipation. But what yeah. do you mean by that, though? What do you mean you've never seen it by that like this? What's let's, let's go down that route? I've never seen it where so many people are getting worked up over so little things, such little <laughs> things. I never have. I, I it's it's first of all the the easiest way to get clicks, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on the internet. Here's rule of thumb. Every team touches base with every free agent, almost. So what you do, oh, did so-and-so touch base? Oh, yeah, they touched base. They, 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 yeah. yeah, of course they did. And usually that happens pretty early on. We we're talking about early to mid-November. Where you know they're touching base. Hey, we just want to touch base. And so people take that as as this is like they're gonna sign them. All right. And sometimes they do, but that that for years has been a a a, a little trade secret, I guess. It's not even a secret, but people get so worked up over it because they want the news. But with this, um, I just look at it and every little thing, I think it's just because. There are so many more voices and so many more uh, – when you have so many more voices and so little information, it, every little thing becomes something. Does that make sense? Did I articulate it, that right? It absolutely does. Um, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I saw somebody posting about a team having interest in uh, Kenley Jansen. And that suddenly created this entire thread of, oh, this is my team's ideal bullpen with him in it. And, you know, it just creates this whole so, – now, they just wrote sources. And it's not like it was somebody that, you know, has 
it, it's not like it was um, like John Heyman or somebody that is known for breaking these things. Yeah. But it, yeah, no, it so, does start that conversation. It's who yeah, do you believe? So, do you believe the voice that you want to listen to, or do you believe the one that's most grounded in reality? Yeah. So listen, I'm I'm not I'm not denigrating anybody who gets a legitimate source and, and reports on something. And it doesn't have to be someone working for a major news outlet. Because I think that that's, that's frustrating. Listen, I, I used to work at a small newspaper, a couple small smaller newspapers. And when you got something and you weren't getting credit when the big Boston papers are getting, that's frustrating. There's no question about it. But I would, you know, I, I would be wary, and I've seen this probably more this year than any other year, wary of people saying things like that and i'm not saying that that's the case in, in what you're talking about but people saying things because you can piece together that that might be a possibility okay i mean that's that that happens and that that seems to be happening more and more and more now you have to also you know re, this is what's reality and what's not like so if a team like is going to spend a lot of money. It, say, say like using that Kenley Jansen example. Again, maybe it's true. Maybe he signs. In that case, it was with the Red Sox. Maybe he signs. But the math to me doesn't add up. Because what is Heim Bloom? How does Heim Bloom build a bullpen? It's not by, first of all, he's, he's, he has to prove that he can win a bidding war for a free agent reliever. And unless Kenley Jansen, who is still perceived as a pretty elite reliever, right? He's perceived as a closer, correct? Yep. And closers are making a lot of money. <laughs> That's the one thing Good we know. Good spot to be. Good spot but, to be if you're a closer. All right. So right what do you now. what do you what do you project Kenley Jansen making per year to see this one year deal? Something like last year for fifteen million, fourteen million. You think, you think the High Bloom's going to pay fifteen million dollars for a reliever? No, no. Historically, when he has, no. When he well, when he has Tanner Houck, when he has John Schreiber, when he has these other guys, I mean, he might make a trade. That is my educated opinion on something like that. But, but to come back to your point, so we get this like on a daily basis where we we're starting this conversation, and um, and I don't want to. I I am I want to make this point. I am not not devaluing anybody's reporting. I'm not, no matter what, if you have no affiliation, I've seen it. people break news where they had no affiliation to anybody. It happens. But, um, but I, I, I don't, don't remember it now where everyone, it, it feels more and more like more than ever, like everyone's just trying to get a piece of the pie when, you know, the, the baking's not done yet. You know? Yeah. yeah trying to get the, they're making fast food well, what they should be uh, waiting yeah, for. Yeah. Let, let, it, let, let it roast a little bit. Let, let, let's, let's wait it out. So, but, you know, we talk about the shortstop stuff. And the shortstop stuff is, is this actually, you know, it, it's funny because when we talk about this being the be all and end all of free agency, the shortstop market, which is kind of it is, it's like the, it's the marquee. Other than Bogarts, have we really heard a lot of this stuff with Trey Turner? Have we really heard of it? Other than we know that Minnesota is going to be in on Correa now, um, which doesn't shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, but have we heard anything else 
Really? The note that I've heard about Turner is that he favors playing on the East Coast. And I don't know uh, if that comes from him directly or something else, but that is what j- people think that Philadelphia is a potential landing spot for Turner for that reason. Which now, I look at Turner and I, I, I see any team being a potential landing spot for Turner. Like what, what team is he not going to help? No. And yeah, exactly. And he's, he, he's, he's, he can help in a lot of different ways and we'll come back to it in this day and age of baseball, how baseball is going to evolve. He'd probably help even more, but it's interesting. You said about Philadelphia because I saw the same thing about them potentially prioritizing the, the, the next breath you hear, them saying, well, they're in on all in on the on Bogarts. And and either way, it's not like oh, I can't I can't see that happening. I can see both of them happening. I, I love the and I'm I'm secretly or not so secretly because I'm saying it, really looking forward to like the dynamic, the drama of the Dombrowski versus Bloom for Xander Bogarts. I mean, we yeah. talk about baseball not being boring. That is like a that is a thirty for thirty. That is a, but you it's crazy, right? I mean, yeah. Oh man, I was talking about this the other day, whether or not Dombrowski, the court on him was cut too soon, and uh, a year not even like what like nine months after winning a World Series, and then it came up that he felt hurt by how it all went down, and then he went to Philadelphia, and now you've got. Him try, you know, potentially trying to bid for this guy that he gave the first extension to in Bogarts. But here's the question that I have, and you would have a better idea of this than I would. How much of these rumors with who's bidding on it? How much of that comes from the agent that is representing the player? Because if I could see, if you're Scott Boris and you want to drive the price up on Xander Bogarts, I would prey on Boston's insecurities about Dave Dombrowski and about losing Xander Bogarts to Dave Dombrowski. I think when it, it's a good point and it's a very, very real thing. I think when it comes to Scott Boris, you have to look at the reporters reporting on it. I hate to say that, but it's true. And so there's a lot of reporters out there, really hardworking reporters, who you know they're trying to, to, to ease in with agents Email and a lot of times you do. A lot of times you develop relationship with agents. You know, Boris, we know Boris has a, a a fairly small circle of go-to guys. Obviously, John Heyman being one. And I'm not John Heyman, great for him, great reporter. But it, when John Heyman says something about a Scott Boris client, I believe it. I believe whatever that either it's the message or the reality. I believe it. And so you ask that question, okay, well, if John Heyman said um, that a team had uh, interest in, in Xander Bogarts, I believe it. I believe it. Because I don't, I don't, when it comes to, when it comes to Boris, I don't believe that he's too smart to have fake interesting guys. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's going to say this team has interest when they don't. I don't really buy. I don't. I don't think that. Now the level of interest might be different, and I think that for the for the bigger name agents, I think that's the case. I don't think they make up the interest. Like they're not going to say to say this guy had interest in this team when there was zero interest, and it comes back up. Oh, we never had any interest. It might come back and say, well, we really didn't, you know, have a ton of interest. It didn't have the, the interest that certainly to the level of 
X team, the team that signed him. I'm talking a lot. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, no, you absolutely are. And it's just, it's a valuable perspective because we just, you know, you're on Twitter, you're hearing rumors from this guy and rumors from that guy. And we don't really get a lot of how that sausage is you know? I said that for the second week in a row. That is exhausting. But but this is, it's good. As exhausting as it can be, it's still like, this is what we want, right? I mean, this is what we, we want this conversation. We want this this debate. We want to be able to sit here and do his podcast in the short stops and not just be like, oh, well, there's nothing to see. There's nothing to do. We're just waiting. This is part of the fun of it. And, and you know, the other part about it is is trades and we don't get into that. It trades a little bit harder because we don't know that, you know, the, Ed, the trades happen. And do we know that, oh my goodness, that, that that trade was coming along or that trade was coming along? No, these things are pretty tight lipped. So, oh, yeah, Teoscar Hernandez came out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Oh, great point. Great point. It's it's funny because we did a um we did a we did I was part of a round table that day that Teoscar Hernandez deal was going on. And uh Heim Bloom was part of it, Red Sox president of base. Um, I'm sorry, chief baseball officer. <laughs> Which title is it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so chief baseball officer. And I said, Well, what did your day look like? What did your day look like where did you know like when you went to bed that T. Oscar Hernandez was going to be – this trade was going to happen? And he said no, but when it did happen, he wasn't surprised because you hear that this team's interested here or that team's interested here. They're looking for that guy. They're looking for that guy. So it might not be the exact pieces. Like you know that you have um, the surplus of relievers from Seattle, right? So he knows that because they're probably asking about him. And then you know that um, that Seattle's looking for an outfielder. So, okay, you know that. So it, it doesn't complete. But I thought it was interesting perspective because you know what teams are looking for because you're talking to the teams. But you don't necessarily know exactly what the deal is. And I think more more than ever, certainly more than 10 years ago, you don't have these trades leaked like they did. I, you just don't. I think it, maybe it's a new wave of sort of decision makers or I don't know what it is. But remember, Ed, I mean, remember that it used to be not too long ago, we would hear, oh, the rumors, they're working on this deal. We hear it once in a while, but not too often, do we? Am I, am I imagining no, this? No, we don't hear the specifics of trades. Yeah, which is good because it allows us to make them up, you know, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. So well, let me uh, ask you, going back to the shortstops. Yeah. Let me ask you, where do you think they're going to land? Those oh, three. So, okay. This play this game. All right. So yeah. I'll tell you where the three are going to land or where I think the three are going to land. And you tell me where you think the three are going to land. Yeah. All Sounds right. good. Here we go. Spin the wheel of shortstops. Um, I think that Trey Turner will land. Okay, I'm going to just say it. Trey Turner is going to land with the Red Sox. Xander Bogarts is going to land with the Phillies. Carlos Correa is going to land. I want to say the Dodgers. I want to say that I desperately want to say the Dodgers. But is that that weird dynamic? I don't. Man, the whole. 
Dodgers, Houston Astros thing. I'll say Correa that goes back to Minnesota. I can't I can't pull the trigger. I can't say the Dodgers. So Correa with Minnesota, Oof. Bogarts with Philadelphia, Tur- uh, Trey Turner with the Red Sox. Boom. That would be a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go fill in your Dodgers one with a guy that's not on the list here, and that's the MSB Swans that I think ends up with the Dodgers. Okay. Well, you didn't give me that option. I mean, yeah, I could. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I did not. But I'm going to go Turner to the Phillies. I'm going to start staying with Boston. And I'm going to have Correa. Oh, boy. That's a no. I'm gonna fl- I'm gonna flip this around because the more I think about it, I'm gonna have Correa with the Red Sox. Oh, I'm gonna have Bogarts with the. I'm gonna ha- yeah, Correa with the Red Sox. I'm gonna have Bogarts with the Padres because that one's so weird and I just can't see it happening. It'll probably happen. No, wait. So where do you have Turner? Uh Phillies. Phillies. Okay, Phillies. Turner. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox. Correa and um, Padres. Uh, Bogarts. Okay. That's good. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Um, And so when we're spinning the wheel of shortstops, what teams are getting left out here? So in your world, what teams are getting left out are the Phillies. So the Phillies have to sign someone. Do you? The Phillies have Turner, so they're okay. Oh, the Phillies have Turner. What am I missing? Red Sox have Correa. The Twins so, are missing out. The Dodgers, well, the Dodgers have... Um, Dodgers, I think, get Swanson, and I think the Twins have to figure something out. So they get the Jose Iglesias. Yeah, or they trade for somebody. Maybe they trade for Isaiah Kider falafel back or something like that. Is Jose Iglesias being underrated? Yeah. Oh, tragically. Yeah. Historically, he's done so much better than I think anybody expected him to do. I just remember looking at his 2020 stats and being like, wait, did he hit that? What? And I mean, obviously, that was a shortened season, but he's consistently, he's consistently played very good defense and hit for a decent average. Little bit of power. Nobody ever talks about the guy. He's a free agent every year. Never gets more than a one-year deal. No, it's it's amazing. Remember when he went to the Red Sox? It was like he's having he's, he's having this terrible defensive year with the Angels. It's like oh, he's on a downturn, and then all of a sudden, boom, he becomes a good player. Just- yep. Good for him. Good yeah, for it's him. like every, but it's like every year with him. And I feel like I'd love to figure out what the previous generation like equivalent to Jose Iglesias is. Mm. Like which player from the nineties bounced from team to team, did relatively well, but just never stuck with anybody. How about how about um going back? How about Alex Gonzalez? Oh, that's I think he's a better hitter than Gonzalez, honestly. Gonzalez had more power, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm probably way off. I don't know. No, that's not a no. That's not a bad comparison, though. I have I have yeah. fond memories of Gonzalez bouncing between the Red Sox and the Marlins and Blue Jays and whoever yeah. else it was. Yeah. Well, listen, we solved a lot of problems here today. So, um, I and I think that you know, I, I just want to reiterate. I think that all the conversation on social media is fun and good and everything else. I think we just have to look at it with a wary eye, and I can't wait. For and I can't wait for the winter meetings and stuff to actually happen. I do think that it's going to happen. I do. So I think what you're going to see this coming week is you're going to see stuff picking up. And I do feel like in a lot of winter meetings, we don't have this, but I do feel like stuff is going to happen. I, I really do. Um, so that'll be good because then we can have other, other, other kinds of conversations instead of guessing. So. <laughs>
definitely. But, yeah, great but, job. I mean, the guessing's fun. Yeah, look, that's what I mean. I mean, it is fun. I'm not. I get. I, I'm, I'm being overly sensitive about this. <laughs> I want to make a point. I am pro conversation on Twitter. Yes, I am pro conversation on Twitter because it makes baseball less, a little less boring. All right, Ed. Uh, I got to run, but um, we, excellent job, and we'll uh, keep keep your ears uh, ears to the ground because you're our free agent correspondent. You know it. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.